This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, the podcast designed to help you if you've landed a leadership role through no fault of your own and now need to find out what you should be doing. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and have been there and know what it feels like and made all the mistakes. In each episode, I'll be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. You'll find out why they do what they do and take away some top tips you can use to become a more confident leader. For more content and to keep in touch with how the project is developing, go to www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. If you have any comments about the episode, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. So let's crack on with the show. Today I'm talking to Nick Clark. Nick is a workplace consultant with 30 years experience and runs his own workplace design and build company. He has just launched his own YouTube channel where he shares tips and tricks around maximizing working environments, concentrating on four topics. They are health and wellness at work, sustainability environmentally friendly construction methods, tips and hints to improve your workspace, and product reviews to reveal the latest trends in office interiors and technologies. I hope you enjoy this chat we had about working environments, and I'll catch you all on the other side. So Nick, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Thank you. Um, I can remember back in my retail days how important it is to have uh, a, a good working environment, and that's what we'll be talking about today. But before we go down that route, uh, what I ask my, all my guests is, uh, why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that took you down this path? Well, th- uh, yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, well, actually, very recently, I'd probably say about three or four years ago, um, I was really struggling in my business. Uh, I was involved with some other directors and we went through some stages where we were starting to lose quite a lot of projects and I was really doing a lot of soul searching and I seem to remember I was just feeling that we were becoming irrelevant we just weren't relevant to the industry so I made some big decisions um, two years ago uh, left left the business I was in um, started up on my own and literally with a clean slate decided what exactly did I want to look like? What, what did I need to do? What did I need to change just to keep on in this industry, uh, which I've been doing for 30 years. So it was, it was quite a jump. Um, the, reason, the, the reason that I do what I do is that I still enjoy it. I still enjoy dealing with the clients. I still enjoy the design process. And as you were just saying, I enjoy the expression on people's faces when they are when they do actually have a new working environment, or maybe they relocate to new premises. So um, mm. that's what I'm doing these days. Mm. And, and I, I suppose, with, like with everything, technology improves and design improves, and it's keeping up with what what's all those constant changes, isn't it? It's like any any anything yeah. really. It's 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 knowing where the market's going and and the options that all workplaces have got to adapt to to, to yeah. the need of our, of the of the of the working environment. Oh, absolutely. And do you know what? I I think the the real difference that that we were having when I talk about the talk about relevance and relevance to our industry and to my industry in particular was also from design and from technology. Um, it was involved with actually being able to use consultants and bring fresh ideas in. So we have a project, we have a brief, 
don't just stick with the same designers that we just kept on pastry cutting the same old thing over and over again. That's why we were becoming irrelevant. So in my business now, I have a, I have a series of probably three or four different design agencies, consult, you know, consultants that don't cost me unless they are actually bringing some benefit to, to, to the project. And we, we, we're just becoming more creative and we're winning more work because of it. So, you know, that's, yeah, keep up with the technology, change mm-hmm. designs, don't get stuck into the, into your same old business ruts. That's ever so important. Yeah, yeah. And so, so what are those key things that are happening at the moment that people are particularly sort of focused on and are having getting good results within the workplace that you can see? Well, we're still busy even when people are contracting um, we're seeing a, an awful lot of consolidation. Um, it started in the financial crisis with you know a lot, a lot of government organisations and the austerity, but it's moved into big business now, and we are beginning to advise clients. For example, uh, Averson Young GVA that we've just finished that was reducing from two floors into one. You can imagine the savings just in terms of the rental lease costs. And it involves getting into new ways of working and, 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 and finding ways that people can work together, they can collaborate together, and it doesn't mean that they, every single person has a desk because that is what is old-fashioned. You know, people work in different environments, and, and we need agile and flexible working spaces. That is what is changing. Hmm. So it's very much about the efficient use of space, isn't it, as, as costs increase? I suppose every square foot has to be, you know, useful and not wasted, especially oh, in the city centres yeah. and the sort of rents they have to pay. Obviously, they can't afford to pay for the space they're not using. No. And do you know what the biggest change is when you were saying how you felt after a retail um, refit and, and, and how your environment and your space changed? This is also applying to when businesses begin to adopt new ways of working and they're showing maybe a contracted workplace, maybe not as big as they were used to, but they are bringing in nicer colors, booths, high back sofas, different places to work. And technology is allowing them to come and go, drop into meetings. And yeah, yeah, it is a lot of it is about reducing office space. It's not always about increasing it and expanding. Um, mm. and that, that is that is a big take-up. Yeah, so I guess um, there's two things there, that people are spending um, time at home working, uh, and yeah. there's also a lot of, of time that people are on the move and working as well, so they don't need to have a, a location or a, an office available to them all the time, do they? No, absolutely not. And that is, that is up to the employer. That is up to the employer to begin to... It's quite an old-fashioned thing to actually trust the employee to be working from home and trust the employee to be flexible and to be agile. And that, I suppose, is quite a modern concept that not all businesses are that, uh, are that quick to adopt. But there is a bit of trust involved. You know, that, that does come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a key um, leadership um, conundrum, I suppose, is, is uh, being 
uh, allowing freedom for your team to work the way they want to work, but still having some sort of um, way of checking that they're they're getting on and getting things done, which is obviously a, a completely different um, um, topic, um, which we won't go down today. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I went to a meeting this morning and it was held at a co-working space. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you're seeing lots of these sort of co-working spaces um, popping up everywhere, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the City of London has lost an incredibly, incredible large amount of office space to um, to, to these sort of co-working environments, these flexible working spaces, um, these drop-in zones. Uh, that, that's, that is a big change. I think Larger, larger companies are always going to require their head office. They're always going to require a base. But there is a lot of, there is a, there is a lot of work, workplace consultancy um, involved in being able, be able to analyze the business, find out where the employees um, work best, and, and how do they communicate? What sort of meetings do they want to do? Um, you know, they can Skype. They can, they, 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 they can do video conferencing. Um, that is what we've got to do. We've just got to keep off of the roads and we've got to be more, more flexible and more agile and more productive. Hmm. And then that, that takes some analysis of your workplace to see how you can do it. It's not as easy as just saying, right, everybody go home and you know, don't, don't come in on a Friday and, and do this, that, and the other. So you, 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 do, you need to work it out to, hmm. to, make, to make sure that it, 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 it is technology is allowing you to communicate with your coworker. That, I suppose, is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when someone calls you in because they're thinking about having a bit of a refit, when, when, well, how does that process work? How, where do you normally start? What are the sort of questions you ask when someone's looking to refit? Well, when I was talking about four or five years ago beginning to feel irrelevant, the, the questions that were coming back from our post-mortems of our clients were, you didn't understand us. So if I take anything back from those bad days and how I've had to turn myself around is first of all, you have to begin to learn what the client's business is all about. It's, it's fact finding, it's digging deep into questions and really beginning to understand the business, understand the person. And then we then start to turn around all of our skill base, which is showing the clients how that they can adopt new ways of working, how much money can potentially be saved, what sort of office space is more suitable to them if they're looking for a new office space. And that's when our skills come in and the rest of our design team comes in. But the answer to the question is, we've got to understand the client. We've got to understand their business. And that's what we dig deep into. Hmm. I suppose that's just, it's about understanding the way they work and like you've said, about different ways that they need to get meetings and how they um, work together and when they need space apart and all those sort of things. That's why it needs to be so adaptable, I suppose, is that people need different spaces for different um, situations. I think what has changed, what, is, what, is, what has been a big change only over the last two or three years is that as we are going into these environments and we were talking to clients, they, because they're so involved in their business, they're maybe not seeing the wood for the trees themselves. And we are beginning to educate them into uh, different styles of working that maybe they hadn't, they hadn't ad- adopted or even thought about. 
So you're seeing quite a lot of sort of eureka moments happening with clients when you begin this consultation process um, because they maybe haven't thought of different ways of working. They haven't thought of different styles of reducing office space, of you know, of, of creating less desk space and creating more breakout facilities. And that's when the workforce begins to perform and when they can retain staff or, or even you know, interview new staff is you're creating a different working environment. That's what we begin to show um, it, it, during our process. Mm. And, that's, and that's an important point, actually, what you just said there is about not only – if you've got the right environment, you're more likely to attract the right sort of people. And also you're more likely to retain people because they're happy in their environment. Um, you know, people, uh, I'm sure it's one of the, one of the criteria that people, you know, highly skilled people that probably could choose where they work. One of the yeah. things that they're going to decide is actually, is it an environment that I want to work in? Oh, completely. I mean, it is a major, major subject. I mean, I think, I think you know, we do a lot of work in Bristol, for example, which has got a lot of high technology companies. It's got all of the, it's got all of the university graduates coming into, into, you know, into IT related organisations, and they now you can call them millennials. You, you know, the younger generation potentially, um, they are they they are coming into a. They expect connectivity. They expect a cafe culture. They expect flexibility. And, and that is what they want. They're not looking for extra holidays. They're not looking for all the traditional benefits an, an employee might seek from its employer. But you've got to create the right environment. And that's not bricks and mortar and internal partitions and carpets and color. That is culture. And mm -hmm. I think what we do more if anything, these days is we, we show clients how to adopt new cultures without turning their business on its head, but it's beginning to offer a benefits to, to, to new employees that are coming in and retaining mm -hmm. staff because, let's face it, you know, they can pick and choose. They, 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 there are options for them out there, um, certainly, the high, certainly the higher skilled individuals, yeah. Mm. And I suppose if there is, you know, you talked about culture there, which is really important and having, you know, those um, sort of mission statements and, and um, all those things that really sort of should ho hopefully emanate through the business. Those are the sort of things you can actually incorporate into design, I guess. You can, you can bring them in and um, put them on the walls and all that sort of stuff. So I suspect you've. Well, um, there is. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I think that had a place. I think mm -hmm. the mission statement had a place. What is the big change in business these days is, is, that the business needs to understand they need to be authentic. They need to be honest when they need to be that with their, with their employees. And that is what is changing. It's not that everyone's walking around with flip-flops and skateboards. You know, it's, it's, it's not all of that. It certainly isn't. But it's becoming authentic and it's becoming honest and it's trusting the employees to perform and to work and that they're not under a magnifying glass, they're not clocking in, but it's a two-way, it's a two-way thing, just a two-way thing. But authenticity is what is what is what you know business needs to offer. Uh, it needs to be transparent to to its to its employees. Mm, mm. 
It's, it's a really interesting topic. So if, if we think about, um, we've got, I suppose if, this is a, a podcast for leadership um, for those that are in leadership position and what they think about for themselves firstly is to set themselves um, up so they've got an environment that they can work well in. And um, I had um, somebody sent me um, some feedback once. Um, I, I use a product called Motivational Maps. And one of the one of the um, strategies that came out in his map was was just to tidy his in- environment. And he, he he said, I did it. And it's amazing how better I felt. So that's just yeah. you know, a small little bit of feedback I had, had about just tidying up and having an environment that's um, in, you know, is, is, in, is in order. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that particularly, you know, if you're working in, you know, in a leadership role, is there any certain things that you see quite often which work really well for, in that environment? Yes, I mean, if you were if you were going down that particular route in in doing a new a new sort of space plan, a new sort of layouts of offices, you know, you're you're looking at, um, I, I suppose, even if you took it to the basics of retrievability, um, when 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 departments are are questioned, how many files have you got? How, you know, how, do you actually access to all this information? The the truth that does come back to say no. And, and certainly in a modern environment, when you're maybe not paperless, but you are paper light, the whole point of a new environment is that when you actually do analyze and maybe we do time in motion studies and go, do you know what? Nobody is accessing those cupboards. Nobody is accessing those, accessing those files anymore. It, it's all digital. You can retrieve anything as and when you want it. But let's give the space back to people. Let's give the space back to an environment we just create, you know, good, good air, good light, and as close to nature as you can get. That is your environment that we're trying to give people. Mm. And I'm not saying that we have to all become minimalists and we have to, you know, do the old-fashioned clear desk policy and everybody used to laugh at. But the, the fact of the matter is when you actually adopt design – you do want to be, create clear spaces and places to think clear, you know, not clutter mm. it all with storage and cupboards. And we do go into some offices and you do look at them and think, you know, things haven't changed in 10 or 15 years. Um, and they really haven't. Yeah. I suppose there is an opposition. Some people that are used to working with paper um, are going to take a while um, to to adapt, but obviously those that are coming into the environment, you know, the working environment now are are expecting it to be pretty much, you know, if if it's not paperless, you know, like you say, paper light. That's the first yeah. one from, I've heard that term expression, but it's it's true. And I suppose yeah. with with that in mind, when you're designing spaces, then you you can, you know, where you used to think about, well, you know, a storage cupboard for, you know, some like stationery or something. I guess. You need you, know, you can do without that, or or actually reduce the space that's needed for that sort of stuff. Oh, completely. You know, when when we look at some when we look at some working environments, some workplaces, some offices that clients are actually in, um, you know, you know what you're going to deliver. You know, when you walk into a space, you can feel the culture, you can feel the environment, you can almost feel the business, and sometimes you can. You, you, you can just see it. You, you can just see what needs to happen straight away. And I think sometimes the client, well, I don't think the clients do know it. I, I, we walk into so many environments and you think, 
you, you probably haven't accessed that stationary cupboard um, in weeks and weeks and weeks in end. I mean, you can, do, you can order it. You can order it in the afternoon. It'll be here the following morning. What do you want to stuff it all into cupboards for? Um, that is the difference of the environment that we all live in, but we don't seem to sometimes adopt it in our work environment. That's, 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 the, that's the situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so um, just moving on to something else that I've noticed you've created recently, and that is that you have, um, you've opened a, a YouTube channel where you're showcasing some of this um, funky stuff that um, is, is um, started to be adopted into uh, working environments. Uh, wh- where yep. did that, the inspiration for that come from? Well, it's, um, it really comes back to uh, um, a, a, a brief subject which ended up being intellectual authority. Um, that is where marketing was heading. That's where, where I needed to become relevant. I needed to show some sort of authority that my particular expertise, I was an expert in. Um, so I could begin to post information on social platforms through LinkedIn, um, through Facebook, through, through any or Instagram, through any of them, that people had to begin to build uh, a belief that in my business, I had some authority on what my subject matter was. Um, as you begin to take that further, um, that really then comes into a lot of changes and a lot of changes are around self-education and people, my clients, my clients used to call me in because they wanted to know information. They wanted to find out about a particular subject and they wanted me to tell them. That doesn't happen anymore. We all know that we do our own research and we make our own opinions and then we reach out to uh, whoever can provide that service. So as I'm beginning to think more deeply about my business and my industry is that I am aiming eventually that I can offer self-education I can offer insights into my particular expertise and my industry. But in the meantime, I've got to build some subscribers and I've got to build a community. And what I'm doing is I just, at the moment, I'm just sharing and I'm just giving information that that people might find of interest about their working environment and see where it will lead. But these days, I think we have to. We, We have to share honestly, authentically, everything that we know and if we are giving value, then we'll end up with some clients. That's, that's, that's the change. That's the difference these days, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, and that's very similar to the, the um, inspiration behind this podcast. It was actually helping people up front. And like you say, it, um, if people hear you and the way you talk and see you and all those sort of things, it just break, breaks down lots of barriers. And, yeah. and, um, and at some point uh, at the right time when they need your services, hopefully you'll at the you know at the top of their list to to, to contact. So uh, I've looked at some of the videos done, you've done, which have been really interesting actually. Um, you've, you, there was one I noticed about um, a moss wall, which you you had to you, yeah. had, you had a spec and you had to come up with some sort of um, design for, which is you know quite yeah. a challenge, I guess, at the time. 
Well, well, it was, and it still is my leading video, and it is obviously <laughs> the most popular subject. That whether I need to go into moss farming, and that is the direction that we're heading, <laughs> I don't know. But it's a small part of the office interior and the office environments. And um, yes, I did create my own moss wall. So I encourage all of your listeners to go and have a look at my video, and please, please put some comments as to what you think. <laughs> my ideas and some of my subject matter. Yes. Well, 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 I think it's interesting in that, you know, who would have thought, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago that you would be installing that sort of thing in a, in a working environment? Probably, probably would, you'd thought it, it would have gone a bit mad if that was the case. Well, I think this is this is what the subject matters of my YouTube channel is going to be. I, I've right. sat and spoke with my digital agency and, you know, we've got to we've got to be current, haven't we? We've got to be relevant. and the relevance these days are my subject matter. It's health and wellness in the working environment and it's sustainability, environment, and with that comes nature and being as close to it as possible. Um, so planting, planting in the working environment in the offices or the outside space coming in, um, it's massive. It's a huge, great big growth part of, of, of business. I mean, I was only watching some videos about Singapore the other day, the um, what do they call the great garden city? You know that they're bringing everything, uh, planting outside of buildings, living walls. It's a uh, it's a big subject matter, very big. Mm. And I suppose also we've we've talked about obviously furniture and those sort of things, but environment also is about you know air conditioning and all that sort of stuff. Is that is that something still that's really important? Oh yeah, I mean if I if if, if I go into a working environment, I start talking to the clients. There are there are three main factors that will always be the most important, regardless of, of, of any other subject. Too hot, too cold, too drafty, too dark, too light. And that's where you start. And that is health and well-being. So you've got to create environments that has got good air, has got good natural light, and has got as close to nature as you can get it. And that is what is that is what is relevant. So you've got to start with the environment. So, you know, the, the environment itself is the provision provision of fresh air and tempering the the, the climate uh, according to the individuals. Um, and that is the most important thing within the working environment. Fact. <laughs> so, and I guess that's not changed over the years. I suppose that's always been the case, isn't it? Yeah, that has always been the case. But you would be amazed how many times that is overlooked and that is and people get that wrong even after spending a lot of money on a refurbishment and a refit they mm. still to this day overlook the key facts of an environment and it's true i mean mm. we see we see speculative workspace that is launched onto the market by architects and developers and it has got the most horrendous uh, heating, ventilation, and cooling systems installed actually within the building that you can't adapt, you can't, you can't change. You know, people are always going to want to put some form of offices, some cellular environments, and they're creating these spaces cheaply for open plan. Um, and that's another subject we won't go down, whether it works or whether it doesn't, but uh, mm. um, they certainly get the heating, the ventilation, and the cooling wrong, even to this day. Uh, what's that when they uh, orig originally built the building? Is that what you're saying? Or yes, when the, when they refurbish when they refurbish buildings and put them back onto the market for for letting. So even when they create new spaces, um, they 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 
because it's the most expensive part of an installation, they often will try and cut corners and try and make that as a, as a lesser specification. Therefore, it doesn't maybe work properly or it's not adaptable. And you can't just offer a, a big, large amount of space, 5,000 square feet, and the developer expects it all to be open plan all the time because it's not going to be like that. Mm. You, know, you need to have zones. You need to be able to control temperatures. You can't just uh, you just can't do it like that. So you do need advice. You do need you do need the expertise of someone like us to come in and 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 review it. You know. Yeah, and I, and I guess you're using technology that you can actually you know show a client what it's going to look like and feel feel like in like in the 3D video anyway, can't you these days? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. website's got all examples of that on. You know, you've got CGI work as standard, computer-generated images. You've got video walkthroughs. Um, we're going back. We're going back a little bit more into developed designs, and 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 the designers actually producing drawings and and coloring in versions as concepts as well. So it's you know the designers are, offer all sorts of different aspects, but we will always ensure that we visualize exactly what the client is going to get before they get it yeah that, that's yeah. a very important so point i guess takes a bit of the guesswork out what it's actually going to feel and look like uh, if you can do that oh yeah absolutely yeah mm. you've got to you, you know you, you we when we do our presentations when we do our when we do our designs when we show show um, areas of what it's going to look like what it's going to cost they, the client will always get a very good impression these days of exactly what it's going to look like the technology is is, mm. is has brought us to this point mm. Good stuff. Okay, well, sadly, sadly, time is running out on us. Um, so we've got to the point where we're going to have to wrap things up. But, but before we do that, um, I always ask my um, guests to give us some the three top tips that they would give to anybody that's considering, um, or in your case, uh, look, looking at the environment and what they should be looking at first. What would those top three things that you think that people should look at first? I think they will always go and do their research and 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 they are quite welcome to do that but always bring in an expert try and reach out to a consultant and you will reap the benefits don't try and do it to don't try and do it all yourself but take these principles create good air a good environment a good ventilation create good lighting look as much as to the natural lighting as you possibly can or certainly the adaptability of the lighting for moods, for different environments, colors, finishes. Um, and again, take the new step, get a moss wall, try and bring some of the outside in, you know, those, those are the, um, look, look for some of the latest designs. You're trying to inspire people. You know, we want, in, in, we want inspiration in our working environment. So, we can become creative. We, we like to go to work, you know. They're nice spaces to work in, you know. Get creative. Get creative. Good stuff. Well, thank you for your time today, Nick. It's been fascinating. And um, yeah. I will be putting all the details in the show notes about your YouTube channel, etc., et for them to, to, for our listeners to check out all the exciting things you're up to. Um, but for now, um, hopefully we'll catch up again soon in real life. Uh, thanks for yeah. your time. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to leave a review. Don't forget to check out The Reluctant Leader Project at www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. Make a note to start, stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode. 
And until next time, be the best you can be. Bye.